that would be a, a cost on the firm one summer. <laughs> You're yeah. not going to be making money for the firm. No. Although I'm pretty, con- I build a lot of hours. <laughs> yes, but you don't know whether they get billed to client. That was Felicity. That was sure, great. But- you were on a roll there. I- Oh my God! I, at first, I Sorry. thought you were getting. I thought you were getting mad at me that I was. You were just wrong. You said, no. No, no. Oh. You said, That's I thought wrong. you were getting mad at me about the like staying for only like five years. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've been told that. No, people do that, and I think that's it's like that's fine. Like if that's what you want to get out of it, sweet. Welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig. And I'm 3L law student, Felicity Redan. Felicity, we're moving on again with Al. With, I'm, I'm going to introduce him even uh, right in the intro. We've got, <laughs> we just have so much to talk about. These, waste no time. These interviews, <laughs> I know. We do waste time a lot of times, but this particular occasion, we are not going to waste time. It's, uh, so we have Alex back for part what did you call it part three now i guess or part, part three four, part 2.5 i, yeah, I don't yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> because we could not cover there's just no way to cover all of the stuff that comes out of these ozis as i'm gonna call them <laughs> in 20 minutes so alex welcome back happy to be back again <laughs> <laughs> and you the firing line facing the firing line again uh no it, it was it was all good i'll again pass it over to the felicity to to get things rolling as as is my custom okay so listeners we've now had a talk with alex about after the oci process and after the infirm process but we didn't have enough time to get through all of our questions so now we're going to talk about call day which is the last day of the recruit usually on a thursday or a friday depending on the year and uh, it's when the firms call you and offer your jobs. And there's a whole lot of strategy. There's a lot of weird stuff about it. And Alex has some thoughts. And, so and we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, I was gonna say, I hope Alex also has some radical changes for the after <laughs> the, the day when they call you back so that the firms will finally stand up and listen to this. So yes, go ahead, Alex. What happened on your... Yeah, how did uh, your call day go? Sure, sure. So um, call day, uh, you know, there's still typically interviews on call day. So I was in interviews on all of our, our call day was Thursday. I was in interviews on all of Thursday. Uh, and then at about three o'clock, uh, the, uh, it becomes a, a blackout period. So no more communication between you and uh, the firms. And for two hours, so from three to five, there's that blackout period. Uh, and then at five, that's when the calls start going out. And uh, and we should know. say they're not allowed to offer you a job before that. They, yes. Like they have to wait until five. They can't like even tell you they're going to offer you a job. Yeah, yeah. So I um, got to admit, I was in my room at, you know, 4.58, staring at the ceiling, contemplating life. And, uh, you know, at five o'clock, didn't see a phone call and thought, well, that's it. Uh, <laughs> not, not getting a job. And then at five Oh one, the phone started ringing and, uh, <laughs> I got, uh, I got four calls on call. Yeah. I got four calls on call day, uh, offering for the record listeners. That is a very good record. That is not common. <laughs> 
Well, he had six. Uh, he had it was out of six, though, right? So, I know. Yeah. I went down. I went down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got four calls, which uh, yes, is is a lot. I think call day should become email day. Uh, that is my radical change. Okay. I don't think it's radical. I think it. May... And let me tell you how how the calls usually went. You know, they would call you. They would start off about how excited they were, and. Uh, then ask you if you would like to accept the job and you know sometimes they have other people with them sometimes they have um you know i remember one firm was like i have our managing partner on the line with me like i have our name partner on the line like would you like to accept and you sort of sit there and you're like well i don't know maybe (laughs) maybe um and so i'm like i want to see who else offers me a job (laughs) like i'm trying to figure it out and so uh, i told firms i was like uh can you you know give me five minutes can you give me you know a couple minutes and and so because i honestly at five o'clock had not figured out you know if i get multiple calls uh you know I, i was very confused i was like i don't know what's what's gonna happen here um uh and so I think it should be, I think it'd be way less stressful if it would, because technically, according to the law society rules, you have 24 hours to accept an offer in practice. I think that doesn't usually happen mostly because people may only get one or two calls. Um, but also because like the firms kind of want an answer. Like when they call you, they want to know if you're accepting and if you're waiting to see if another firm calls you, it puts you in a really awkward spot. Um, you know, you don't want to send the message that <laughs> the firm that offered you a job first was your second choice, you know, because it may not be the case. You just truly don't know like where you, where you want to spend your summer. Um, but the, and the we mess- should say that one of the reasons they want to know right now is so that they can call someone else. So the second student doesn't think they're the second choice yeah. so that they get a call at 502 and not, not- 525. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I should say one of the firms that I got an offer from called me I want to say like 503 um, and was like, uh, you're a star, star Canada. We loved you. Um, you're on our wait list. Uh, can you wait? Can you hold off on offers so we can offer you something, which is a super awkward position to be put in. Yeah. Um, uh, and I so I can't believe that happened. I've never uh, heard of that happening before. Um, and so I was like, cheers. Um, and I really like that firm. So I did, I did wait. Uh, I did wait um, to make any decisions because I thought, well, Let's like look at what it, your paths are in front of me uh, and figure it out. Uh, and so, and then I actually ended up accepting a position before they ever called me back to offer me uh, a job uh, because of the three else I were talking to, the, the third years were, were very much like, well, you need to make a decision by 515. Like they, they need to know so that they can like let other people know that they're either going to be offered a spot or not offered a spot. And, and so, um, I mean, I was very happy to make my decision with KSM. They were not a second choice. If you're listening, you, <laughs> you were not a second choice at all. Um, I was super happy to accept it, but I, I just think that, I mean, it's, first of all, it's ridiculously stressful in the like 30 minutes leading up to five o'clock. Like you're just, I was, I was watching TV, but I wasn't watching TV. Right. Like I was just sitting there, like essentially like I don't get, and this is, I think a reflection, like I don't get stressed about stuff ever except for this recruit it was truly like the first time that i was experiencing like a lot of anxiety and sleeping problems was this recruit 
Um, and the like 30 minutes before call day were just truly atrocious. And right. knowing that phones, and I was messaging friends all day, what if you know this firm calls first or what if that firm calls first? Like, what message do I say? I don't want to like offend them, right? And, and so there was so much going into it uh, that just made the process, like the, the in-firms could be fine if they figured out a better way to do call day. I think it should be like email offers. That gives you at least time to like not be put in an awkward spot on a phone call about trying to tell a firm that you truly like and you know, could see yourself working there to like give you five minutes, not because you're not interested, but because like you want to see what the field in front of you looks like. Because it's completely reasonable to ask for five minutes. Before making... <laughs> yes. can, I, yes. can I just ask, can you educate me? So did someone say you, have, you technically have 24 hours? So could you actually hold off firms for 23 mm -hmm. hours and 59 minutes, uh, even if you had multiple offers on, let's say? So you can, but the thing is then the first day you show up at work, they're already going to or at least that's the perception is that students feel that like, if I hold this offer for 24 hours, they're not actually going to like me when I start oh. working there. And maybe this is another example of like right. us gaslighting ourselves into like, this is normal, but it is just like you said, you talked to three L's and they said like, you have to make a decision in 15 minutes. Right. It doesn't say that anywhere, but like everyone will tell you that. Right. And so nobody has ever really, you, we, or you don't know of anyone who's ever stretched that to the 23 hour mark. That would be interesting. I don't, yeah. I don't know anyone who stretched it. And what I'll say is I have friends who landed great spots and didn't get calls until like 5.30 because people were waiting. And like they said, those 30 minutes were like the worst experience they've had in law school where they were like, I put so much energy into this and I've gotten like nothing out of it. You know, you don't get like a, we enjoyed meeting you, but you know, like a thanks for coming out essentially like you don't get those emails right and and so um i also was cognizant of the fact that i'm holding quite a few offers from from people uh and so i you know i i made a decision maybe quicker than i would have if i if it wasn't a, that kind of process but yeah i mean i i don't know anyone who held honestly longer than i did right um, right and I felt very guilty about that, to be to be completely honest. Like I felt very guilty after that and really like hated the process for making me feel that way when I should have been like, I got four job offers. Um, instead, I was just like feeling terrible about making firms wait, about making people like it. It's just a ridiculous process. You're, you're both making me hate the process. I am going to I can actually try and do something. This is it is ridiculous. Okay. So email. So email would be better because. It's just, well, as you say, it would ease the stress a little bit for one, right? You just, you wouldn't have, I would, I would worry that my phone wasn't working or something or, you know, what happens if you, yeah. And like, they'll leave you a message if you're, it's the same as like call day when you get offered interviews, they'll leave you a message, but like, you don't want to do that, right? right. Like you want to pick up the phone. As you say, cause they're, they could create a bad impression, bad first impression. They didn't even have the courtesy to answer their own phone. Uh, so yeah, I, okay. So that anything else that you'd suggest? Cause that email, it would still not get around the fact that, you know, they would expect probably answers pretty quickly and you, you know, you, you wouldn't feel like you have the time to consider. I, I should add, it seems to me pretty obvious that if you have one favorite, let's say you have four places you went to and one was way above the other, then it's, not, it's a no brainer. Right. But it's when it's, yeah. it's when you've got three really great firms and you, and you can't like, yeah, how are you supposed to make a decision in the instant yeah. Uh, that's yeah. difficult like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I didn't have this experience, um, but talking to friends, I mean, I know people who had been told before call day, you know, at like 1 PM, 
uh, on the day that they were like, everyone was so impressed with them and they were superstars and, you know, they assumed that they were getting a call and they never got a call. Um, and so I think there's a certain amount of like, so to get, so we did a, the, the career center did a great panel, um, going into in firms, uh, where, you know, a firm was like, we have 25 spots and we're interviewing a hundred students on day one. And then we're going to interview 50 students on day two. And I think again, going back to what I said last, uh, podcast about like honesty about the process, I think it's very confusing to know what getting to day two means. Like you don't know how much, like, and you, in any job, you don't know what your competition is. You don't like, uh, and so I don't think law students need to be babied, but I think that there's a lot of confusion. And I said this in the OCI process about like how there's so much out there about how firms talk to you that like people read way too much into maybe, maybe it's just like law students, you know, reading the nitty gritty, like living tree of OCI process or whatever, but you know, like people were like, Oh, they signed off the email that way. Like that's a good sign. Or like, Oh, they asked you if you need anything else. Like that's a good sign. And so I think people get their hopes up too about call day, which makes it exponentially worse. And, and so I don't know how you give that reality check that a recruiter asking if, you know, you have any questions does not mean that they're going to definitely offer you a spot. They're just, doing their job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so I have, I have a question and we should maybe caveat this. And this is really more of a private firm. This wouldn't have government firms too, or like government positions sometimes don't call it five. They'll call it like five thirty, And so that leaves you in a shitty spot if that's like your first choice, but then your second choice calls. Anyway, um, this is also a question about private really specifically. Did you get the, um, first choice question and can you explain what that is? Uh, you know I, yes. Yes. About if a firm is your first choice. Um, I did not get that question. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I can't think of anyone who was explicitly asked about that question. Um, I wonder if that is different in the zoom world, because I, I didn't do the 12 recruit, but in my year, everyone I know got asked that question. Yeah. And for, for anyone who, who doesn't, this question is that the firm will ask you to say, um, oh, like, this is great. We're having a really good time meeting you. And like, they're trying to get you to say that they're your first choice so that they know you'll accept the offer at five. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There were, and if you there don't were, say it, they won't call you. <laughs> there were no uh, explicit asks if I was first choicing anyone. Um, uh there were, I will say, questions like, oh, you should email this person if you're very interested. Um, uh, but no explicit questions. I think that question is, I, I think it's okay to say it. I won't say if I if I first choice someone or not. Um, uh, you know, but I, I think it's okay to bring it up as a student. Being asked that question was probably my biggest anxiety going through the process before I figured out how awful call day <laughs> is. But I remember asking my friends in 3L, like, how do you, how do you answer that? Like one, what if they're not, or two, what if you truly don't know? Um, because I, I think there is a lot of stock that can be put into that question. And a lot of times you, just because someone is not your first choice doesn't mean you don't like them. And I think if you tell a firm or imply that they're not your first choice, 
again, I, I think there's too much that's read into that. Um, so I did not, I did not get explicitly asked if any firm was my top choice. None of my friends got explicitly asked. There were lots of questions about like, you know, oh, this is a phenomenal meeting you and you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I told firms, I hope you call it five. <laughs> I told firms that, but um, you know, yeah, I, I, I wasn't asked that. Um, the advice I was given was like first choice or first choice if it's true. And then for the other firms, just tell them, I think the best piece of advice that I got was just say, you're still figuring out where you're going to end up. And if they call you, you will let them know within 10 to 15 minutes. I think that's the best thing you can say. There's a lot of people who say you should be like, I'm, you know, trying, I could see myself working here or, or questions like that. I think firms would honestly appreciate the, the honesty of you just being like, I haven't made a decision yet, but I will tell you in 50, in 10 to 15 minutes if I'm accepting or, or not. I think that's, if there's yeah. any first years listening to this and you get asked that question, I think that's the right way to, to answer it. <laughs> I fully agree. I think it goes really nicely with what you said in the last episode about how the, the thing that would make it better is if everyone was just more open and more honest. And I think that's a great thing. I, I have a friend who just first choice to everyone. They just said like, you're my first choice to everyone. Cause they said like this whole process is stacked against me. Like I'm going to take whatever advantage I can get. <laughs> and that's another option. I, I don't, I don't know if I would recommend I, that. I, I like your open, honest answer. That's so funny. I was going to say something like that. I was going to say, especially if you got an A plus in ethics and then you, that, you could get off, get away with saying that. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, maybe I could get away with saying that. <laughs> but so one of the other things, you know, the more I listen to this, the more I realize, first of all, I don't know if students realize this, but most full-time faculty are really clued out, right? We just don't know what goes on. Now, adjunct faculty probably have a better idea because a lot of them come from these firms. But all law schools have a career development office and, you know, it's their job, I guess, to know a bit, well, to know a lot more about this whole thing. But it is interesting to me that full-time faculty are kind of in the dark. I, I, probably mainly they we don't really want to know uh, or don't really pay much attention. And I, you know, I wonder if we, there should be a little bit more knowledge on our behalf of this. Just off the top of my head, one of the things that I thought based on what you said, what, what about having a solution like there is a call day where the offers are made and nobody has, can make a you know, decision until a week later, just have a cool off period for everybody. Um, because, you know, in, in academia, we go through, we have lots of people who will interview with multiple universities. And it's always a struggle, you know, to know whether the person you want is actually going to accept because they may want to go to U of T or Harvard, what have you. But the process is not so compressed that the decisions are just often, I would think, bad ones, right? You, people need a bit more time to make these life-changing decisions. So I, that would have been my thought initially. I don't know. The only thing I would say about that is that if there's a student who is this firm's like second choice and then they're waiting, like they don't get an offer on that day. If they're waiting a week to find out if they get an offer, like that's a hard week. <laughs> that's, that's no fun. And I think also with academia, that's like, you're moving cities, like you're moving, operating your life. So you need a little more time. Whereas I wonder if maybe for a summer, like, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, one of the firms that did a second interview with me did a very different, and this is a, a much larger structural change, but one of the firms that did a second interview with me 
instead of doing like a traditional second interview set up uh, like a coffee chat second interview with a lawyer and it was way more laid back I asked him questions he asked me questions um, some of them were you know your typical interview questions um, you know other times it was just me chatting with the lawyer about you know whatever his practice the his experience in the firm and I from my understanding from the New York recruit, which a lot of Osgood students do, or a, a decent chunk do, the process is much more drawn out. It's a longer process. And there are these more informal coffee chat opportunities. And I actually wish that I had had a chance outside of the like structured, super nervous, like interview process to just like coffee chat someone where I know that that coffee chat's being evaluated um you know where I'm, i have to make a good impression but it's more like relaxed and laid back and, and you get a sense of the firm and and so i wonder if a lot of the anxiety about call day and something that you said richard about people making wrong choices which i imagine happens probably pretty often for both the firms and the students um if the process was a little bit longer which i'm sure recruiters are like no no <laughs> no <laughs> but if it was longer and maybe more of those less structured informal still interviews but like coffee chat style interviews where it's mm -hmm. more relaxed and laid back i think you get a better chance as a student to understand uh what the the firm is like maybe you don't hold off as long because you're like uh oh, you know they were cool in the interview but when i chatted with some lawyers like sort of wasn't my vibe or whatever um if that would help with, with the anxiety as well i i definitely agree with that i i learned pretty young <clears throat> When I was younger, and I was involved in a hiring process, and we, you know, we had a formal structured interview for people, and so I think there were about four candidates shortlisted, and the questions were all exactly the same, and you kind of you go through that. That takes an hour and a half, and then the the person, the the director of the place that wanted was kind of wanted to hire somebody said afterwards, you know, I think we should do another interview, but let's have breakfast. Let's have a breakfast meeting with each of the candidates. Because and she, her view was that you learn a lot of different things about people at breakfast time, I guess, but coffee time might also be apply. And it turned out that the peop, the person we thought was the best candidate was not very good at breakfast, so she never hired him. She hired somebody else, and and uh, that worked out actually quite well. So I I've always retained that idea that you're right. There are, again, it it to me it's part of just prolonging the process and seeing somebody in a different environment. Uh, you know, it does. I think it might help anyway. That's yeah. I know in the regular recruit, they do that. Like they have like a brunch usually on the day of call day. And, but it's really used. It's almost like, and I, oh, this is going to sound dramatic. I was going to say it's like weaponized <laughs> against the students. And it's, I know that sounds dramatic, but it's not really about who they want to hire. It's about, it's this game of like, if you're at our brunch, you're not at someone else's oh. brunch. And so like, if you don't go to their brunch, they're not going to hire you because they're, they're not going to offer because they think you're going to offer you're going to accept someone else's offer. And it's this, like this Alex is, it almost seems like that's why, like, I feel like you, you lose a little bit of that nonsense in this virtual recruit process. And I, I think that that's better because it is a bit of a, like, there's just no reason to make students play those games. Yeah. Oh, the, the dinners. I, I was so lucky that I didn't have a single firm that did a reception, a dinner, a brunch. I, I think if you're leaving the 2021 2L summer recruit, you got to leave that in 2020 as well. Like, it's just the, I mean, I had friends who firms did this over zoom, like a zoom reception and were just 
like unbelievably anxious about making the decision about which reception over zoom you're going to attend i mean <laughs> right. like it's just and they do I, I think they really do weaponize uh it against you and and a lot of times it's at the exact same time and what do you do if you don't no, I mean, that's probably the best chance to figure out what the firm is like, where you're meeting people who aren't in the formal recruitment team. Um, uh, and so, you know, I, like the, that process is ridiculous. The, the, the receptions and the dinners, like that's- It's awful. There's no need, there's no need for that in 2021, 2022, whatever the or, next recruit is, the fall or yeah, winter. Forever forward, you mean? I love yeah. it. Forever forward. Weaponized. It's like a whole other version of the first choice question but like you have to be there and you have to eat seven lunches and you're so full and you're miserable. <laughs> like you just want to go home and cry. And again, the advice you're given, like, Oh, you know, don't drink more than three glasses of wine or they want to see how you can handle your out. Like these are things that people will say to you, like, so the serious face, like they want to see how you can handle your alcohol. Right. And I, I remember saying, like, there's no way this is a healthy profession. Like <laughs> no. if people think that's true, we got to have a serious conversation about the messaging being sent and recruit. You and want... two, if it is true, like that's mind boggling. Yeah, both of those. <laughs> you want somebody, to, one student needs to go in next year if they do them and order a milk for yeah. dinner and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, there just needs to be, I don't, and I don't know what the answer is here. There just needs to be a better clarification of what is true and not true and i know that there's so many rumors that firms can't address it um i don't know how the career center addresses it uh but they're like just the the way that the entire process is described it's like this mythical like you know they're gonna remember like what shoes you're wearing and how many holes are in your oxford dress shoes like like that's the kind of stuff you hear about so, <laughs> you're just like what all right, so we're getting to again to the near the end of time, and I have to say, so here again, my observation as a uh, in <laughs> a neutral third party to all of this is, I wonder if you got together in a room, the recruiters and the students, and you had a conversation kind of along the lines of what we were having. That and if both parties realized, first of all, how the students take the tiniest detail and kind of exaggerate it and overthink things, and how the firms weaponize things in the other direction. I I wonder if a solution might might well arise out of that that it, because in fact probably they never get together and discuss these things right? but you'd have to choose recruiters and students from different firms because you're never going to be <laughs> honest about the person who controls whether you get hired back you're right, you're right. But, that, but that, that could be arranged right um or different cities even right yeah uh anyway i i don't know how i think have we have we uh we certainly aired a lot I'm not sure if we, we aired some grievances, lot, but, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's good. Alex is, I think Alex was, while you were talking last time, Felicity, I could, I'm sure I heard you say, Alex, oh, don't get me going about the dinner. I got way more to talk about the dinners as well or the, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, and like I said, in the first one, I think the firms did a phenomenal, like, you know, we're under pressure. Like I said, I'm sure the recruiters are under an immense amount of pressure to get this process right. And I, I think they did a great job. I think like all things in law, there's so many institutional, you know, my mom uh, is a teacher and she asked me, she was like, why? Like, she just asked, like, why? Like, why do you do this? Like, why? And I was like, I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't know. We just do. And so I think like so many things in law, there's just an institutional way of doing things and it moves at a glacial pace, but there's I, also I hope 
there's the herd mentality that occurs in law too yeah. for some reason right? the gaslighting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is yes but uh, it doesn't happen in undergrad because you're all dispersed right everybody's doing slightly different things but in law you're all together and it just mm -hmm. yes i anyway i i think we need to <laughs> we got it we got we need up. a happier note to end yeah, on what, alex what you gotta Alex, Alex got, you got a job. You're in. You made. I got. A, I got a job. I'll tell you a happy note. I thought again. Uh, the recruiters were so nice, and some of them sent me like photos of their dogs. And like, I, I think I met my parting piece of advice. And, and firms asked me, you know, how are you finding this process? My parting piece of advice, I think, is a happy note. Is that the recruit is what you make of it, and if you go into the recruit, you know, knowing how stressful it is and and the issues that arise out of it, if you go into the recruit with the mentality that I know my worth and I'm just going to have fun. Like I'm going to get to meet, I must've met, you know, well over a hundred different lawyers who practice like a wide range of law from employment law to securities to everything in between. Um, who, some of them who have argued, you know, in the Supreme court who have cases that I've read in law school, they argued, if you take the approach that like, I'm just going to have fun. And remember that if I don't get a job, there's a lot more out there than just this recruit. It's much more enjoyable. And you can make jokes, you can relax and, and have some fun with the interviewers. Um, and, and so I think my piece of advice is, is it's a very stressful process, but try and have fun with it because you get to meet some phenomenal people, some really impressive lawyers. Um, and you know, if you ask them those nerdy law questions, you get some really fascinating insights that you don't necessarily get. So have, have fun. It's a, it can be a very fun process. That is a great advice. I know it's hard probably to do that, but I think you're right. If you can really, really push yourself to, to take it on that way, that I would be a great, it would be a great solution to the, the problem. Thanks again, Alex. And, uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll have you back after you've summered. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Part> Alex. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs>